The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Hey everybody, you are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is April uh, 29th. 2020 episode 191 and this week vr puppets and bleach and beaches and my name's basil and this is gons welcome to the live stream we had massive massive technical issues trying to go live uh, as yeah, soon as we hit live of, last time one of those we, uh, days yeah we got we got the computers crashing uh video crashing twitch not working but i think and we're working and now. for those, those, I know there's people out there who feel my pain. My real tech audio driver started sending me thousands of consecutive notifications that a ghost, uh, a pair of ghost headphones was being plugged in and unplugged. Very common problem I learned. Um, and then of course, Oculus uh, wanted to update my my uh, VR headset, which messed up my Skype settings. And now my uh, VR world is crumbling around me, folks. So don't worry, the <laughs> VR takeover is not coming anytime soon uh, because I can barely uh, do what I do here. But we're so happy everybody is tuning in. We got a fun show today, although a little bit of a late show. Oh, I'm loving this. I'm looking in the chat. We got Twitch all over the place that's right and as i said at the beginning of the show if you're watching this on youtube or wherever you are please head to twitch.tv slash canary cry radio gons will drop that link in the chat for everybody and uh that is the best place to watch the show we're trying to get to at least 75 average you know concurrent viewers over there during the live show which seems like it should be easy considering how many people watch this show live but you know i feel like people out there are just expecting other people to pick pick up the twitch bill um but if anybody could if everybody could head over to twitch.tv slash canary cry radio watch the show live there that would help us out a lot okay enough about that guns anything else before we jump right in um not really i mean i'm i'm just uh cautious here because i just want to make sure everything's going to continue working because i know it was, Who knows? It, was it was bad it was real bad guys it was like it was. It that was, was probably so the bad. worst crash we've ever had in terms of trying to go live we've had some hiccups before but that was, that was uh oh bad. somebody says no audio over on twitch oh somebody on gosh, facebook really? says can't hear basil oh john says no oh, sound no. Oh, no. no sound. Oh, here we go. Hold on. No sound. Are, oh, okay, my speak, gosh. Basil. Speak, speak, Basil. There we go. Okay. Okay. So, hear no. us. <laughs> <laughs> this is, all right. Well, at least, you know, okay. the RSS feed, you guys will get, uh, you guys will get all the there stuff we Basil go. was saying at the beginning. <laughs> Otherwise, there we go. Yes, sorry about everybody that, can hear. I almost feel like we should just restart the show and everything. All right, you um, want to do it? I can I can do the intro again. Let's we just can do, do the it. intro. All yep, right, we're going to we go. start fresh everybody. Everybody okay. can hear us now. Here we go. <laughs> the world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. 
Hey everybody, you are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. This is, uh, it is April 29th, 2020, episode 191, and this is a take three on our episode titled VR Puppets and Bleaching Beaches. This is our third try going here, and for the third time, my name is Basil. And this is Gons, and uh, this time you knew the date, so better better intro. <laughs> I knew- I knew the date, and we just started the whole show and gave all the reasons why we've been having so much trouble, and for those who need a recap, we had computers crashing, we had updates happening, we had Skype disconnecting everything, we had bad connections, uh, what else, all this, and now we're just starting the show for the third time, and my microphone stand has come off my desk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm frantically trying to screw it back on before we have to do this again. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Oh, <laughs> How you wow. doing, Gons? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm just waiting for my green screen to come down. That's that's like the the only thing that hasn't <laughs> happened yet is the everything this falling has been apart over a- here crazy day trying to get this going so there you go the uh so yes we are fighting through the technical difficulties i'm still blindly battling my microphone stand to screw it on i want to say thank you to everybody tuning in uh from all over the internet i see we got a bunch of twitchers i'm loving that we got youtube coming in all over the place and uh as i uh, i gave this spiel during the countdown but apparently our audio was not on um, but I do want to say if you are out there watching on YouTube or Facebook or wherever you are uh, please we are trying to hit 75 average concurrent viewers over on twitch.tv slash canary cry radio um, we need to be averaging 75 viewers over there so with the hundreds and sometimes thousands of people who are watching this live um, it, the best place to for you to watch it live is over at twitch.tv slash canary cry radio gons is going to drop that link in the chat I think I have my microphone stand on. You know what? Something, something to uh, mention here. Maybe, maybe this is a part of the reason why we're having issues. Is um, mm-hmm. we're live streaming for the first time on D Live as well. Anybody interested oh, yeah. in going over to D Live? We can, uh, you can check it out there. Um, somebody in the chat was saying pathetic. Yeah, you, you try, no. you try doing all this there, fella. No, all the technical let me guess. They're computers. from YouTube. Yeah, it was from YouTube. <laughs> yeah, of course. YouTube's of course. got nothing good to say. I don't even read YouTube comments anymore. <laughs> They're just mean over there. Um, but the Twitch people, those people are cool. I like you Twitch people. All right. So let's see. Anything to go over again that we missed? No, let's just let's no just go idea. before before stuff falls apart again. Okay. <laughs> sounds good. We're gonna start off right. the show here first, uh, with quick little flippy update. Sleepy update. Do you want fries with that? 
Okay, Flippy update. For those who don't know, if this is your first time, we track Flippy. Flippy is the colloquial name for the disembodied robot arm that is taking all our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. Flippy, the original Flippy from Miso Robotics, the burger flipping robot uh, over there in California. Thank you, California. Um, has been a gateway. The reason we track Flippy in particular, you know, is he's kind of a proxy to track how robotics are uh, snaking their way into our lives and, uh, you know, make, just making everything more convenient and increasing the uh, surveillance state that we're all starting to get so used to at this point. Um, but just quick little Flippy update here. Thanks, Brian. Brian sent this to me on Facebook and this was a uh, looks like an ad that Brian got for Miso Robotics, the uh, creator of Flippy. They say we're making more than just robots. We're making artificial intelligence for kitchens. Flippy has already cooked over sixty thousand pounds of fried food and twelve thousand burgers. And I thought it'd just be important for us to really keep track on on what exactly Flippy has cooked. I think there's only one Flippy in commercial use right now. Uh, so twelve thousand burgers. 60,000 pounds of fried food. That's, uh, you know, those numbers are growing. Good job, Flippy. Working hard over there. Um, and also, they have, a, you know, a seed invest count account. So if you're trying to invest in Miso Robotics and the future of, uh, you know, robots that are going to um, enslave us all, you can head to Seed Invest. And it uh, looks like share price right now on Seed Invest is $17.16. Wow. Um, so, yeah, there you go. I wonder if they've, uh, they've got they've got 561 total investors, which is uh, more than we have, Gons. So, <laughs> yeah, quite a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. Do they, uh, do you think, was this name Brian who shared this with you? This ad yep. screenshot? Do you think they mm-hmm. they were tuning in to what he was listening to and he noticed that he was listening to a podcast that kept talking about Flippy and so they're like, hey, maybe yeah. you're interested in a little Flippy investment. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe Brian had uh, didn't have his Facebook uh, privacy settings set correctly and Facebook was listening in and knew that yeah. he was getting his Flippy updates. Yes. Yeah, if you're out right, there, let me know if you're getting these flippy uh, ads cause <laughs> because you're of us. welcome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. So we don't have a jingle for this, but you wanted to run through this real quick and actually give out a, uh, a, a call to anyone out there, all you listeners or producers who want to uh, support us by creating jingles for us because yeah. you know, we've got all, all kinds of fun jingles and, and some of them I've made, some of them listeners have made. But uh, you wanted to do a little story about the food, a little throwback from last episode about some food, food things. Well, yeah. So I've I've been watching this whole food supply thing because of the COVID uh, situation, and I, you know, I, I the the food supply thing is the one thing that's kind of worrying me a little bit. The rest of it, I'm not too worried about. Um, but uh, we heard about uh, chickens having to get put down, pork suppliers shutting down, uh, meat packing plants shutting down, all sorts of this stuff. Um, so I'm going to get into that in a second. 
uh, with a little update. But yes, that's right. We I, we haven't talked a lot about it since we started um, live streaming, but we actually, you know, consider uh, a lot of our listeners are actually producers of the show. We put calls out for jingles. People out there who have a some sort of smartphone or have any ability to do some audio editing or uh, creative people. We have all sorts of creative people who listen to the show or just people who love the show and love messing around making jingles um make a jingle that has to do with uh, you know the food supply something with food because we've been reporting on food uh, advancements over the years whether it's lab-grown meat or uh, whatnot and now the the covid uh, food supply situation we we need one of these jingles these have been uh, we, we report enough on food now that we need a jingle to play. So if you're out there, you got some sort of smartphone that can do it, or you uh, got some sound editing software, go ahead and throw together some jingles and uh, send them to canarycryradio at gmail.com. That's canarycryradio at gmail.com. Send us your jingles, and uh, well, we might play them on the show. We, we love getting them. We love playing them. Okay, yeah. Gons? Uh, in the place of a jingle, I'll do one. Doop a doop doop. We all love food. There we go. Uh, this is from <laughs> this is from uh, Politico.com. USDA let millions of pounds of food rot while food bank demand soared. Uh, tens of millions of pounds of American-grown produce is rotting in fields as food banks across the country scramble to meet a massive surge in demand. A two-pronged disaster that has de- deprived farmers of billions of dollars in revenue while millions of newly jobless Americans struggle to feed their families. While other federal agencies quickly adapted their programs to the coronavirus crisis, the Agricultural Department took more than a month to make its first significant move to buy up surplus fruits and vegetables despite repeated entreaties quote it's frustrating said nikki fried uh, commissioner of agriculture in florida fried who is a democrat and much of the florida congressional delegation asked agricultural secretary sonny purdue nearly a month ago to use his broad authority and funding to get more Florida farmers plugged into federal food purchasing and distribution programs as the food service market collapsed. Quote, unfortunately, USDA didn't move until last week. End quote. Tom Vilsack, who served as agricultural secretary during the Obama administration, put it this way, quote, it's not a lack of food. It's that the food is in one place and the demand is somewhere else and they haven't been able to connect the dots. You've got to galvanize people. Uh, It has been six weeks since President Donald Trump and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention first urged Americans to avoid restaurants as a part of national social distancing guidelines to slow the spread of COVID-19, a move that immediately severed demand from millions of pounds of food uh, earmarked for professional kitchens across the country. Now. They go through, they got a lot of graphs and stuff there. And the, the article goes on for quite a while, um, tells tells a, quite a long story. But the the problematic thing and the thing that really, uh, you know, kind of rang some alarm bells for me regarding this article is we have a situation where, uh, you know, specifically we have Democratic uh, legislators in Florida begging 
for the government to buy this food and distribute it. And it's a little bit of this Hegelian dialectic that we see from so many angles of this whole uh, coronavirus uh, shenanigans is that, uh, you know, it's an, an opportunity for increased control from a centralized government. You know, we've got tons of food in the United States. You've got the government uh, not allowing uh, a lot of this food to get uh, distributed in the normal ways. Uh, and we're talking everything from produce. Uh, thankfully, I found this article regarding produce, but also we've heard a lot about meat. And now we're calling, uh, you know, shut down the free market. Don't let these guys sell the food that they have. Um, but ask the government to buy the food and distribute it in a centralized federal manner and uh, you know i just find that troubling i don't like it i don't think the farmers like it i don't think anybody's really into that except for the people who are uh, you know pulling the levers what do you think yeah so much so much reliance on government every time there's a crisis people just it's gotten worse obviously you know with the uh, uh after 9-11 you had the Patriot Act, which actually expired in March, but then they, I think they reinstated some of the, the surveillance apparatus. They just kept it going. Uh, convenient that COVID, you know, would come around right when the Patriot Act was supposed to expire. And, um, you know, I have actually have a good friend who runs a farm and uh, he's been getting a lot of orders and he sent me a message mm. the other day saying, uh, hey, it's like, uh, it's, I feel like I have gold bars here. The way that, you know, I'm mm. packing my food and people are demanding the food. So you know what? Some of those independent farmers, they're going to, they're going to really, uh, you know, hopefully they can keep people going, but it's, it's going to be a matter of supporting. Again, we mentioned it last time, supporting your local farmers and also figuring out a way for yourself to be able to grow food if you can, you know, because yeah, you can't just rely just on the farmers. They're, they're not going to be able to feed everybody unless yeah, we just got to educate ourselves and especially people in the cities. They got to, they got to figure out ways to grow food on their own. Cause, uh, Relying yeah. on the government is the last thing we should be doing for anything. Well, you know, and it's not even for any intrinsic, you know, whatever, anti-government, what conspiracy theory or whatever. It's just generally the beauty of the free market is you got farmers grow it and people are allowed to buy it and sell it. But yeah. when you shut down those mechanisms and start begging for the government to buy it and distribute it, I mean, that's basically a backdoor to, uh, you know, a, a sort of socialistic uh, food supply, which, of course, a lot of people would be excited about. But, you know, the food uh, distribution in America has worked pretty well the past uh, 200 years. I don't know if we need to be shaking it up too bad right now. And th there's a lot more to talk about with this whole food supply thing in the meat industry. Um, we'll probably talk about it a little bit this episode. Oh, specifically, because I did get one more article I want to talk about real quick. Um, but remember, guys, we do we do these episodes, you know, hopefully three times a week. And if you want to hear us talk more about it, I see people in the chat are trying to talk about the meat thing we talked about the meat thing quite a bit so go listen to past episodes uh and real quick on the topic this came out uh yesterday apnews.com associated press uh the headline reads trump orders meat processing plants to remain open 
So another weird little twist of the hand here. President Donald Trump took executive action Tuesday to order meat processing plants to stay open amid concerns over growing coronavirus cases and the impact on the nation's food supply. The order uses the Defense Production Act, uh, which is basically uh, the America's sort of backdoor into a uh, communist mode of um, mode of production which is the the sort of official uh, Marxian term for it they're called modes of production um, but the Defense Production Act you know the one that uh, Pelosi and the Democrats want to impeach President Trump over not using he's using it now to classify meat processing as critical infrastructure to try to prevent a shortage of chicken pork and other meat on supermarket shelves unions fired back saying the the white house was jeopardizing lives and prioritizing cold cuts over workers health so they want to impeach him over not using the defense production act and now he uses it and of course the unions fire back saying he wants to kill everybody so you know there's no no Typical. winning for this guy <laughs> between a rock and a hard place for sure. Um, we did, yep. uh, we, we mentioned how we were asking people to make jingles and actually people mm-hmm. have sent us jingles and, um, you know, we, we've touched on, we, we touch a lot on the money thing, uh, you know, cryptocurrencies and all that kind of stuff. And the, uh, mm-hmm. fractional reserve banking and the failing banking system, the fiat monetary, crisis and everything else. And we got a couple jingles that we're going to mesh up here. These were done by listeners who are, uh, who we consider producers. So we got a little That's money right. update here. $100 billion. I don't have any money. <laughs> this is a uh, msn.com. Thank you for, uh, to, uh, Oh, I think it was Peter and B-Dub. Peter and B-Dubs. We kind of smashed your two jingles together. So thank yes. you very much, Peter. Thank you very much, B-Dubs, over there on uh, the Canary Cry community. MSN.com. Deadly bank protests ratchet up pressure on Lebanon Premier. And it says here, clashes between protesters and troops left one man dead in the northern Lebanese city of Tripoli as mounting anger over the country's currency crisis risked reigniting a broad anti-government movement that had subsided with the coronavirus outbreak. Oh, that's convenient. Demonstrators Mm -hmm. late on Monday set fire to three bank branches, attacked several ATM machines, and hurled rocks and fireworks at security forces and homes. The Army said in a statement, former Justice Minister Ashraf Rifi, who's from the city said one man had died of his injuries. Banks in Tripoli will shut until further notice. The association of banks said 40 soldiers were wounded mm. in the violence, which the army blamed on infiltrators. Another 13 were hurt when the army tried to reopen blocked roads in other parts of the country. According to the military, fearing their savings will be wiped out by a fast uh, depreciating local currency and hit by spiraling inflation, hundreds of Lebanese are ignoring the restrictions imposed to contain COVID-19 and resuming protests, burning debris in the streets, uh, street and blocking roads with their cars. Protests against the establishment accused of incompetence uh, and elitism first erupted in October and soon felled the administration of then-Premier Saad Hariri. And uh, it goes mm. on here, but the, you know, the currency crisis 
is uh, one of those issues. One of the, every fiat currency throughout history has failed. And the first sign of the failure is just printing, printing, printing. And um, that's a problem, uh, especially right now with uh, all the printing that has gone on in the last month or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are we going to see the same thing in America? I mean, it's it's it feels like it, it could never happen, right? That uh, people burning banks and hurling rocks at ATMs and stuff. It, it feels like it can't happen, but it can happen. I think in America, if more people start waking up to what's actually going on and people's savings and pensions get lost and, you know, uh, retirement accounts get, get demolished and things like that. It, it can be very, very ugly. Um, uh, so yeah, just well, keeping an that, eye. That convo goes quite deep. I mean, you, you had me at, they were burning banks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, sorry, hold on. I hear toilets uh-oh. flushing in my house. I need to make sure that, uh, oh, I need to get my door closed here. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll take the opportunity to mention, uh, we do have, um, something that, you know, there's a lot to be discussed about technology and, and sort of where things are headed with the monetary system. Aside from gold and silver and precious metals to store your wealth, there is this thing called mm-hmm. cryptocurrencies out there, and uh, we we've kind of started to yeah you know, we're trying to educate people on it just because I know everyone just assumes it's the mark of the beast, and you know we talk about how a lot of times we we've talked multiple times about how eventually obviously it's going to lead to that, uh, but in the meantime uh, they're creating people are creating the you know Web 3.0 a way to get off the current internet and to free the internet. And uh, we've done mm-hmm. our part to sort of investigate, and we want to share some of that with you. Uh, if you want to know more, go to canarycryradio.com slash crypto, and uh, you'll, fig- you'll learn how to surf the decentralized web and uh, visit uh, our little website, canarycry.crypto. And um, it's actually pretty cool. It's, it's, it's a censorship resistant. Oops, I don't have it here. It's a censorship resistant uh, way to use the internet and um, you can also send cryptocurrencies to us using the address so uh, the world is changing basil and we just kind of want to stay on top of it and let you guys know that there's other options especially since everyone's sitting at home and you know yeah. you can't really do much especially so there, with the, there's some time to learn the concerns over censorship and everything you know this decentralized internet is going to be the way to go so if you want to learn uh, how to use the decentralized internet, you can go to canarycryradio.com slash crypto. Uh, nice, Gons, you did a great job laying it all out there. It's a nice read. Uh, you can learn about decentralized internet and how to interact with it and the benefits and everything like that. So go check it out. Um, and I want to give a big old shout out again to everybody over on Twitch. I'm looking at the numbers. We almost are at 75 viewers over there. Now, I saw in the chat some people uh, cruising over there and were having trouble because it, it was buffering and stuff like that. Uh, make sure to close your YouTube stream, too. If you got too many things streaming at once, you, everything's going to be buffering. So head over to twitch.com slash canarycryradio. Close down your youtube uh tab there we even got susan wajiki is following us on uh twitch and she's watching here and she wants everybody to know that you know they don't censor uh material over on youtube unless you know it strays from the uh the official story in which case that's criminal activity but over here on twitch we're nice and free so uh go to twitch.com 
TV slash Canary Cry Radio. Close everything else, all the other streams you got coming in, and follow us there. We got we're almost at our 75 uh, average viewers, so keep helping us out. All right, guns. Um, should we? And, oh, and if you are if you are make the move over to Twitch and follow us during the broadcast, I will uh, give you a shout out on the show. Let all me, right, let me let's mention, get back to the show. Yeah, let mm, me mention yeah. just one last thing about the whole crypto thing. Uh, the Microsoft patent that recently came out, uh, you know, mining cryptocurrencies with your body and your brain waves and your organs and all kinds of stuff. If, if you go back and find the video on my YouTube channel that I, that I read the whole patent and I went through it. And the main thing there is they're trying to do this for centralized cryptocurrencies, which is kind of a pointless thing. There's no reason to actually mine cryptocurrencies if it's a centralized thing with a central printing system. So mm-hmm. go look at that. You know, I know some people are like, uh, some people are confused about what's going on here. There's a good side and a bad side to the whole crypto thing. So just just keep that in mind. You know, keep an open mind with with that and study, learn what's what's going on because it's a, uh, you know, it's 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 changing, folks. <laughs> it's all changing. Yes. Yes. And uh, let's move on. We're going to do some VR stuff here. You know what, Basil? I'm going to let you read some of this because this is actually, uh, yeah, because you're wearing the VR headset. So uh, I would be interested to uh, (laughs) see what you think about this. I'll be reading about VR in the VR space. Here we go. This is uh, sciencedaily.com. Um, which is a little bit more of a journal than it is a uh, news site. So let's see what we got here. Today's virtual reality systems can create immersive visual experiences, but seldom do they enable users to feel anything, particularly walls, appliances, and furniture. Why particularly appliances? <laughs> I don't know. You just really need them to feel appliances. Uh, A new device developed at Carnegie Mellon University, however, uses multiple strings attached to the hand and fingers to simulate the feel of obstacles and heavy objects. Oh, my gosh. By locking the strings when the user's hand is near a virtual wall, for instance, the device simulates the sense of touching the wall. Similarly, the string mechanism enables people to feel the contours of a virtual sculpture. Sense resistance when they push on a piece of furniture or even give a high five to a virtual character. Kathy Fang, cool name. Kathy Fang, who will graduate from CMU next month with a joint degree in mechanical engineering and human-computer interaction, said the shoulder-mounted device takes advantage of spring-loaded strings to reduce weight, consume less battery power, and keep costs low. Quote, elements such as walls, furniture, and virtual characters are key to building immersive virtual worlds. And yet, contemporary VR systems do little more than vibrate hand controllers said Chris Harrison, assistant professor at CMU's Human Computer Interaction Institute. Holy smokes. User evaluation of the multi-string device was reported by co-authors Harrison Fang, uh, robotics institute engineer Matthew Dwarman, and HCII doctoral student Yang Zhang, uh, found it was more realistic than other haptic techniques. Huh. Okay. Very interesting. I don't know if you, if you had more, I should read. I think I get the idea here. You're trying to make the, the VR more, uh, the, the experience a little bit more exciting, huh? 
Yeah, and it says here uh, later on, the researchers experimented with a number of different strings and string placements, eventually concluding that attaching one string to each finger, one to the palm, and one to the wrist provided the best experience. The leap motion sensor, which tracks hand and finger motions, is attached to the VR headset. When it senses that a user's hand is in proximity to a virtual wall or other obstacle, the ratchets are engaged in a sequence suited Mm -hmm. to, to those virtual objects. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you look ridiculous already with that thing on your head. How how ridiculous are, gonna, are people going to look when they have, you know, strings attached to their fingers? Dude. I, this is like the puppeteer, you know, becoming a puppet. Um, I totally get what you're saying now. It really is kind of a puppetry type of thing, which is like this, the, the most apt uh, comparison that, you know, when we talk about VR and how it's going to be used for... Uh, control and docility of uh, populations in the future and take over our lives. Um, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, you got strings attached to your fingers and your hands and everything. Uh, That is a total virtual reality (laughs) puppet situation. It is almost too poetic and too perfect to be true. It's kind of low tech too. It saves a lot of energy, you know, just, just some strings on the fingers. It's a a lot better than uh, trying to come up with devices and all kinds of hardware and stuff like that. Trying to use accelerometers and things like that. Like they do now. Wow. That, that is, uh, I get it now. I didn't get it before, (laughs) but I get (laughs) (laughs) the reason why the episode is titled. I know, you know, sometimes I help uh, make the titles. Other times I just read the titles, folks. And VR Puppet (laughs) is here. Basil, your VR Puppet. I'll keep an eye out for that. I'm sure it's a while until something like that becomes uh, commercially available. Um, But yeah, you know, you're talking about making the VR experience more uh, enticing, more realistic, and just more dystopian and depressing. Uh, (laughs) Putting everybody on on uh, marionette strings is the way to do it. Are you ready to become cyborg? I think that's the Ooh. question. We're going to move on. Yeah. That's a throwback jingle. Uh, we got a little transhuman update too. Keeping up with the patent type of stuff uh, because we mentioned that, that uh, Microsoft patent. This is a little throwback. This was uh, a patent from back in 2015, uh, but this is a little creepy. Routing policies for biological hosts. Methods, systems, and products provided interface between intrahost networks and intrahost networks within biological hosts. Neuroregional translations are performed to route communications to and from the biological hosts. Uh, Bioregional translation may also be performed to route communications to and from the biological hosts. Basically, yeah, this is like, yeah, what did that even mean? What did you just uh, you say know, to me? It's, it's just like, Hey, how are we going to signal uh, all of the electrical things through our biology? And AT&T here is like, uh, they're like, Hey, we got a patent to do it. More oh, creepiness. this is a patent from AT&T for uh, some brain computer interfaces, huh? I think either brain computer. Yeah. Brain. Yeah. It's mainly brain, but I think they're going after, any kind of biological system is kind of what they're trying to say here. So that's even creepier. The, yeah. the vague biological system term. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bad. And um, yeah. as a, as sort of um, it just so happens that uh, truth stream media just published a video yesterday 
um, about mm-hmm. the technological resurrection that is being promoted by Zoltan Istvan, our favorite uh, politician, tech, a transhumanist yeah. politician. And I'll drop yeah. a link in the description, uh, or not the description, the chat. Uh, you guys should check that video out. Um, they do a good job of summarizing it. And um, uh, Mel over there at Truthstream mentions um, uh, my Twitter feed, where Zoltan came in and started to talk about how Hey, if you can simulate uh, the love of Jesus in your brain, then hey, isn't that the same thing? And um, oh my gosh, Mel disagrees, and I tend to disagree as well. But yeah, a little creepy, <laughs> creepy, creepy, creepy. Yeah, More and for those who don't know, you know, every show is somebody's first show, and uh, so we we try to keep that in mind. Zoltan Istvan is a politician we've been following. Uh, for a while, well, he's not. I mean, I guess technically he's a politician now, but yeah. he is. Uh, he was the leader of the transhumanist political party, uh, which believes, you know, they're slightly libertarian, but also believe in using technology uh, to instigate technocracy, which is, um, you know, something we talk a lot about on this show. Um, which is the belief that, you know, technology can save us from everything and we'll be better off if we can just upload our minds to the to the cloud and live out our days as computers. Um, and he actually threw his hat in the ring. Uh, he was running as a Republican in the, uh, as a an in, um, against incumbent Trump here for a while. Uh, but then coronavirus happened and everybody kind of stopped campaigning and he also stopped campaigning. Um, but he is still actively putting out his transhumanist message. And, uh, you know, I, uh, more and more, we see that message starting to get, um, uh, grab the hold of, you know, it's interesting when, when we talked about, uh, uh, Zoltan years ago, and mm-hmm. nobody really knew, nobody really cared. We were talking about technocracy, and it was mostly just the pretty fringy people who were interested in hearing about it. Um, but recently, we've gotten a lot of people kind of pushing back. Uh, it's talking about, you know, why are we so against technocracy? If we can make the world a better place with machines, why don't we? And that's just kind of the dangerous attitude that we're trying to illuminate. And for those who don't know, you know, transhumanism and technocracy do uh, pop up in biblical prophecy. Um, And, you know, that's kind of it's also part of what we track around here. So, you know what? We've been warned about it. So we're just keeping our eyes open for the parts of it that we should not be jumping on board with. But I think most of our listeners are all on board with that. Yeah, and also uh, just if you watch that video, uh, you know they they highlight Zoltan's comment about how within fifty years they're going to be three D printing all these people that have died, and uh, he calls yeah. it quantum archaeology, and they're all going to be walking <laughs> around like we're gonna we're gonna bring Hitler back so we can put him on trial and things like that. So uh, quantum uh, archaeology that doesn't even make sense. That's just, great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know. Cool words, cool big words. Cool words, Zoltan. <laughs> Keep it up, buddy. <laughs> Speaking of the right. system. Beep, 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 beep system. Okay, yeah. so okay. Uh, I'll take this one here. This sure. is uh, Pathios. We got a couple articles about rituals. Uh, you know, everyone's sitting at home, captive audience, and, um, you know, the people that need ritual, they're doing it online too. How to hold a group ritual online 
thank you to oh, no. uh, these people that uh, are teaching all the people that uh, <laughs> previously were doing Guns. seances. Use your words. What are you saying? <laughs> let me let me get through this uh, article. Okay, so this article, or it's not an article. I guess it's just kind of an opinion piece, but. It goes through kind of the the way you get online. Pick a conference system, pick a coordinator, get the software, adapt the ritual. Whatever ritual the group uses will need to be amended for the video conference format. One ritual writer might be responsible for the right, or the group might make joint decisions about what to do. The coordinator will need to circulate the amended ritual to the group before the conference. And um, let me go through here. So when you're saying ritual... When you're saying ritual here, you're talking about like witchcraft, stuff like that. I think so. Not just yeah. like you got to brush your teeth before bed type of ritual. No, 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 no. This is like, yeah. Establish the astral temple to connect oh, members. of course. <laughs> who are physically separated. The group will need to create or reinforce an astral temple. Here are some ideas. Mm. A circular clearing in a grove of ancient trees. An open mm-hmm, air yuck. temple of white marble pillars with the white marble floor, an island Don't in the center that. of a deep blue lake. Uh, before the conference, the ritual leader should visualize the temple and set it up for the group. Every group member can also visit the temple and put energy into sustaining it. And also Don't here, set up individual altars. Every member of the group can set up a personal altar for the ritual. Any small table or even corner, uh, any small table or even a corner of a desk will do. The altar can have an altar cloth, a small bowl of water, small bowl of salt, an incense holder with a stick or cone of incense, any deity images appropriate for the ritual, seasonal items like flowers or leaves appropriate to the ritual, ritual foods uh, such as wine and cakes. The computer or phone can be on the altar or next to it. When the group meets physically, the group casts a circle in a single room with a video ritual. Each member casts the circle in their own room using the tools on their altar. At the same time, each member participates in the astral temple where the group is collectively calling quarters and casting the circle. Here's one way to think about it. The individual circles are all gates to the astral temple where everyone is meeting. You know, we talk about the image of the beast and the worship of the image being a, a demand uh, mandatory or else be killed in this end times thing. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we always, we always talked about, well, how's that going to look with, uh, you know, people going to temples, it's kind of hard for everyone to, well, now with this COVID thing and everybody being online, they're moving all that ritual stuff online and, and they're just flat out telling you the, the little circles you know are this, portals. Go yeah. ahead. You know, so there you go. Everybody out there who, uh, is so offended by googly eyes and jokes on a fringe Christian uh, news show. Uh, you can go out and write your blogs and do your debunked videos about Gons uh, teaching cyber witchcraft on the show. <laughs> yeah, Gons, te- you just no. gave us a step-by-step on the cyber well, witchcraft. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, no, I'm not doing, that's I, not what I'm, I'm doing. I'm just joking, Gons. Everybody knows I'm joking, except for, you know, those people who take it seriously. Um, but yeah, you know what this, this is really interesting because I, it had occurred to me and I'm sure with a little bit of digging, we could find it and figure it out. But it occurred to me that virtual reality, well, video games in general and virtual reality specifically, um, you know, could be used as this sort of proxy experience for doing these rituals, you know, and things like, uh, 
um, Second Life, you know, uh, MMORPGs, uh, these sort of sandbox games, Minecraft even. I don't know. Hey, I'm not well, saying your kid's playing thing. Minecraft or off doing witchcraft, but somebody could use these, uh, uh, you know, virtual spaces. Now, this is kind of, you know, your mom's virtual uh, witchcraft where they're <laughs> right. just on Skype and asking people to imagine their uh, their sacred grove. But on certain things like uh, Second Life and Minecraft and other things like that, you know, it could uh, very much be a more immersive experience. If that matters to these people, I don't even really know if that matters. But I think um, I think eventually, I, eventually, what they're what they're going to try to do or try to say anyway is that mm -hmm. some kind of virtual experience or some kind of avatar experience is going to be a representation of the astral plane and and right. you know a one to one type of uh, digitization of something unseen and you know because we can maybe you know uh, or people can see it in their mind or whatever now they can see it on a screen it's really just mm -hmm. uh, it's very interesting how so much of the the computer world is you know it's supposed to be this mechanical thing but really it's just making all the things unseen visible it's a very strange phenomenon uh, that we've been totally. covering for a while here but I agree. Second Very interesting. This. Good, good find. How'd you find that? Yeah. Did somebody send uh, it to you? No, I, I search pagan news every single day and try to find. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you I just, got I, it in your Google alert for yeah, fun pastimes during the yeah. coronavirus. <laughs> and th this goes hand in hand here. This is a, an insider.com article. Modern day witches are holding zoom coven meetings to continue ritual spells ah, and the occult. There it is. And there it is. You got your <laughs> You zoom right in the middle of a pent pentagram and um, yep. You know, it's really making uh, the whole coven thing a little bit less spooky when it's uh, all on a zoom meeting. I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, similarly churches are using zoom and, you know, Skype and things like that to do services. Uh -oh. So infiltration, <laughs> the battle of the online ritual worship yeah. God or worship witches and animals That's and stuff. Right. Okay. Alistair Crowley well, mentioned. That's good. That's that thing. That really, you know, that's that's actually, you know, we make we're making jokes, but that's actually a very interesting uh, thing to have found. And yeah, of course, that's going on. Yeah. Um. But uh, I don't know. I'll keep an eye out. See if I see anything funky happening in the virtual reality space. And with that, Gons, I want to take a little break. Are you ready for a little break? I will break. Okay, you. I want to I uh, head you. over to Twitch, twitch.tv slash canarycryradio, where all the cool kids watch live. Um, right now, we're sitting at 73 live viewers. Guys, come on. We just got to be chilling at 75. So if you're watching on YouTube or anywhere else across the net, head, head to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. The reason that we keep pushing this is Gons and I, we need to average 75 average viewers. Uh, Twitch is a much better place to be doing these live streams. YouTube, as we all know, filled with censorship. Even Susie Wojcicki herself <laughs> follows us on Twitch. And that's true. You can hop in there and say hi to her. Um, 
But uh, with shadow, shadow banning and censorship and YouTube coming out and specifically saying they're banning and deleting videos that say anything against official HWO, World Health Organization guidelines, uh, well, that puts us in the line of fire, folks. So the way to keep us going and the best way to get our live content is to go to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. And it's a great way for Gonza and I to support ourselves during this difficult time we are uh, uh you we are your essential employees we do this show that's all we got going on right now folks so that being said if you uh want to support the show financially you can do that at patreon.com slash ccnt or uh if you're not a fan of patreon which we totally understand head over to canarycryradio.com slash support but a great way to help us out is to follow us uh, at twitch.tv slash canarycryradio and watch the show live there. And, uh, you know, just to clear up a question or two, some people were friending us on Twitch, but not following us. Uh, you need to follow us as well. You can friend us too, but just follow us. And to give a couple shout outs to some of our newest Twitch followers, we've got Sentient Roomba finally made it over. Sentient Roomba from the Canary Cry community. I like that name. Uh, Thanks for being here, buddy. Oh, we've got... <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> this is the fun part. I brought this up last show. You know, you've made your... You've had your YouTube account for years. You just kind of picked whatever name you liked at the time. Uh, but starting a Twitch account lets you, lets you, uh, you know, get a new lease on life. Get a, get a funnier username, a better um, username. And this is my attempt to try to read some of people's new usernames. Stomo. Stom? Stomo. Thank you very much. This is one of my favorite. Basil is an herb. Thank you, user. Basil is an herb. Uh, tomato juice. Thank you, tomato juice. Uh, Eleuthero maniac. Uh, Juju eyeballs. Thank you for following Juju eyeballs. Table tactics. Sounds fun. Rain Rainbow 777. Um and a whole lot more. You guys have really been answering the call on following us on Twitch. Please do that, but also please watch live. Um, okay, that's all I got. Let's get back to the show, Gons. Demonic power! Let me do... Do you want to mix in COVID stuff, or are we going to do all the COVID stuff at the end? Uh, well, you kind of brought up COVID with the food thing already, but let's, let's do the, the Egypt thing. Okay, give it to me. All right, CNN.com. Your most reliable source ever. Mummies mm -hmm. discovered in burial shaft in Egypt. Mm, that's fun. Right now, most of us can only explore the pyramids and archaeological uh, wonders of Egypt online, but excavations and explorations into the country's ancient past remain ongoing. Egypt's Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities has announced the unearthing of five limestone sarcophagi and four wooden mm. coffins containing human mummies. These incredible archaeological finds were inside a burial shaft stretching nine meters below ground. Uh, this shaft is located in sacred animal necropolis in Saqqara, an ancient burial ground that's about 20 miles south of Cairo and is also home to landmarks including the Steppe Pyramid, considered to be the world's oldest. Uh, mm. Details of the discovery were shared via video, blah, blah, blah. Also excavated from the shaft were an incredible array of small artifacts, including 365 faience 
Ushabi, Ushabti figurines, some inscribed with hieroglyphics. Ushabti are objects, usually small statues, that were buried in Egyptian graves to aid the body in its afterlife. Uh, inside the burial shaft, there was also a small wooden obelisk, about 40 centimeters tall, painted with scenes featuring the Egyptian goddesses Isis, associated with rebirth, and Nephthys, associated with death, and the god Horus, one of the most renowned ancient Egyptian deities that I'm sure everyone at CNN is forced to worship to work there. These small artifacts are removed from the shaft for restoration purposes. The sarcophagi and wooden coffins are being restored inside the shaft, says the Ministry of Tourism of Antiquities. Archaeological work began in this area in April 2018 and remains ongoing. Um, and there you go. I mean, there's some pictures here of what they found. And uh, speaking of resurrection and, uh, you know, technological resurrection, you know, uh, they show show stuff like this in movies. Uh, what movie was it? I think it was a Transformers movie where something they they basically wake up one of the or maybe it was a Marvel. I can't remember which one it was. I'm not the good mummy? with the movies. Yeah, yeah. Was well, it not, The Mummy? No, it wasn't The Mummy, although that is also one of uh, these, you know, <laughs> resurrecting ancient Egyptian gods themes. Some but Brendan Fraser? Some <laughs> um, sweet, sweet Brendan Fraser fame. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my favorite movie growing up, Encino Man. Um, okay, just some obscure references there. Uh, but yeah, so I, I don't know. There's always, obviously Egypt has been the heart of the occult and, and what some of these elite people are, are curious about and interested in. And um, uh, as far as my understanding of eschatology, Egypt is supposed to be a little bit more of a powerhouse when it comes to the end times. And maybe they're yeah. just continuing to unleash some of these ancient artifacts and, and things that, um, that have, have some kind of supernatural power. And uh, you know, you just got to keep an eye on what they're, what they're releasing to the public. Because, um, well, it is interesting because remember that mummy that they found, I think it was last year, maybe 2018. And, uh, the sarcophagus was filled with like this black goo and the internet was begging to be able to drink the black goo. You remember this? (laughs) I don't know about drinking the black goo, but, uh, I remember, I remember. I don't know, man. All I'm saying is we found a mummy last year. And uh, it was filled with black goo, and now coronavirus is covering the earth. <laughs> okay, so Basil hey, Basil's just, theory just, is just connecting the dots. Connecting man. dots. Um, so yeah, here's some. They they found a couple of balls in there too, and uh, there you go. That's that's the story basically. Um, just nice. keeping an eye, you know, because it's it's always a mystery what goes on in Egypt there, and. And what they're unearthing, and, and they're always trying to look for artifacts. Why why are they keeping? Uh, why why do they keep wanting to find these artifacts? Is it just to understand our past, or are they trying to find knowledge, some kind of secret, secret weapon? knowledge guns? Yeah, yep, the yep. mystery, the mystery knowledge that will uh, enlighten and illuminate the the human race. Yes, um, which is interesting. I mean, that's where a lot of the the mystery religions are based around uh, ancient Egyptian. Uh, practices and beliefs and i'm just saying they opened up that sarcophagus last year and suddenly we have this world shifting event of coronavirus and uh you know you've seen a lot of people i think we talked about it a couple shows ago um this sort of turn in conversation going on around coronavirus 
uh, people saying that this is the moment that we all learn, uh, you know, to to live from our astral selves and live in <laughs> harmony um, type yeah. of thing. So a lot, a lot of one know. world stuff going on the concert and a all lot that. of one world yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my turn, Gons. Let's talk about some COVID. COVID. That's right. I'm going to read from BBC.com here, guns. Big, big time here. Oh, yeah. Coronavirus outcry as Spanish beach sprayed with bleach. The anime? Uh, Zahara. What? Sorry. I was just making a stupid no. anime joke. Making a, making a funny joke. Sahara de los Atunes near Cadiz used tractors to spray more than two kilometers of beach with a bleach solution a day before Spain allowed children out of <coughs> lockdown for the first time. Environmentalists say the move caused a caused quote brutal damage to the local ecosystem. Spain has been badly affected by the coronavirus with 23,800 deaths. It recently announced a four-phase plan to lift its lift its stringent lockdown measures and return to a, quote, new normality by the end of June. Maria Dolores Iglesias, who heads an environmental volunteer group in the Cadiz region, said she had visited the beach at Zahar de los Atunes and seen the damage for herself. She said the beach, quote, sorry, the bleach. Wow, this is tough read. Beach and bleach. She said the bleach killed everything on the ground. Nothing is seen, not even insects. The bleach and its dunes are protected breeding and nesting places for migratory birds. And Miss Iglesias said she had seen at least one nest with eggs destroyed by the tractors. Quote, bleach is used as a very powerful disinfectant, as we all know now, thanks to the president. Uh, it is logical that it be used to disinfect streets and asphalt but here the damage has been brutal she told spanish media quote they have devastated the dune spaces and gone against all rules it has been uh, an aberration what they have done also taking into account that the virus lives in people and not on the beach it is crazy miss iglesias said that because of the lockdown wildlife had been thriving on the beach quote the beach has uh has its own way of cleaning itself like a cat uh it was not I, that was my uh, editorialization there uh, it was not necessary, she said. Quote, they do not think that this is a, a living ecosystem, but a lot of land. Local official Ag Agustin Conejo admitted it was, quote, a wrong move. I admit that it was a mistake. It was done with the best of intention, he said. Mr. Conejo said they had wanted to protect children who are coming to see the sea after six weeks in confinement. The Andalusian regional government is now considering fining the local authority for its action. Uh, El País newspaper reports Greenpeace in Spain drew a comparison with the controversial statements. OK, hold on before I get to that last part. So, uh there you go. They they loaded up a bleach solution in a tractor and sprayed down two kilometers of beach, which is pretty crazy. I mean, I don't think I qualify as, a, you know, a true hardcore eco person, green person, but this is just common sense. 
you know, especially in a beach where we know that UV light and sunshine and heat kills the virus. You know, a beach is, you know, that sand can get hot. You ever try to walk across the beach on a hot day without your flip-flops on, Gons? That'll burn the soles right off your feet. Of course. So there's no way that the virus would survive. Um, And yes, spraying bleach along the coastline of the ocean, obviously not a great idea. This is just goes against, I'll say, I probably qualify as a common sense uh, eco person. You know, I'm not trying to go crazy. I think we... You know, humans need to find a good way to uh, use the resources we're given. But this is not a common sense way of taking care of the situation. Even if you are trying to prepare it for children, why would you spray, you know, dangerous chemicals on a place where these children are going to go play? Doesn't make any sense. Maybe. Um, But here's. Oh, yeah. I was going to say maybe Joe Biden and his hairy legs needs to to go Uh, there. That's true. Biden does love it when uh, little boys and girls touch his hairy legs. He said it himself. <laughs> he said it I'm himself. I'm not making that up. I know. We, yep. That's but also his own words. Economic intercourse as well. Another another one of Joe's. I, you know, I saw things. that getting bannered about. I have not seen the source for this economic oh, intercourse thing, but it sounds. Oh, he said it. Sounds, uh, he, he said it. Wow. Boy, he said it. Wow. <laughs> I'm really not he's, worried about that guy anymore. He's entertaining. You know, you know, presidents are puppets anyway. It would be nice to have mm-hmm. him just up there. Just, just let him talk, you know, yeah. make him, make him yeah. the puppet president and just let him talk or make him think he won. I just think well, it would be way more entertaining perfect, yeah. than uh, anything we got going on. Uh, are you Grandpa finish? Bear on YouTube makes a good point. He says, where's Greta speeding out against, speaking out against <laughs> yeah, this? Where's Greta? That's... Yeah, Greta should not be happy about this. No, no. <laughs> you know, it reminds me. here's the me... kicker. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. The kicker, go. Kicker. No, no. I want to hear your reminding. Okay. Um, when I was a swimmer, I was a competitive swimmer throughout uh, all of high school and also college. And my college coach was a little, a little, little off. We were warming up one morning for a swim meet at the pool. We're in the water. We're swimming. Well, apparently Mm -hmm. the coach forgot to put the chlorine in the water the night before. And you're supposed to wait, or maybe the day, a couple days before you're supposed to wait. There's supposed to be a few hours of, uh, you know, letting the the chlorine uh, dissolve into the water. Well, we were, we were warming up. We were in the water. And Mm -hmm. uh, I, out of the corner of my eye, I noticed uh, my coach ripping open these giant bags of chlorine and start dumping it into the pool (laughs) while we were in the water. And um, yeah, our swimsuits were dark blue when we got in, they were, they were sky blue when we got out, everyone's hairs (laughs) were singed and um, yeah, he didn't, he didn't last. He was uh, a, he was nightmare. He was excused of his duties the following year, but uh, Oh, was he really? Yeah. He He got busted, huh? Well, it wasn't just, it wasn't just because of that. He was doing other other things but okay uh, <laughs> well we don't need to get too deep into that <laughs> furious cabbage me. over on youtube youtube says bleaching the beach sounds like a dr seuss book it does i think that's very good yeah very good um okay here's the kicker gons are you ready I'm we ready. just heard about spain Bla- blasting their beaches with bleach and this is bbc it all has to do with spain ruining their ecosystem and at the last moment here greenpeace in spain drew a comparison with the controversial statements by u.s president donald trump who suggested that injecting <laughs> patients with disinfectant might help treat coronavirus they just couldn't get away they could not close out the article without taking a jab at old donnie huh 
Yeah, they don't. Nobody likes him uh, in I any know. of these things. Not that we're like so for him, but just uh, you know, no, it makes, just it, it, makes it hard to That's to, fine. to talk I'm, about I'm, it without. It's yeah. good for the show. I like watching him get made fun of. That's okay. Hey, you know what? He, he ain't a perfect man. I know a lot of our uh, listeners are big Trump fans, and that's totally cool. You do you, baby. Um, yep. But you know, it's funny how these these mainstream media accounts uh, accounts mainstream media outlets cannot they can't print a single story without relating it back to Donald Trump. Well, they got to keep the money coming it's in. It's an obs- you know? it's an obsession. Well, it's, it's an I think obsession. it's a I think it's a requirement from uh, some some strand of up on high to keep the money flowing to these organizations to continue to exist, basically. So you yeah, know, they got to write some. That's right. That's right. Okay, so there you go. That's what's going on in Spain. I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. And one more here, Gons. Get me that COVID-19 jingle again. Mmm, yeah. COVID-19. COVID-19. I love it. Do we remember who made us that jingle? Did you oh, make it? Who made it? No, that? I did not make it. That, that was a Somebody sent as well. it to me. Yes. Yeah, whoever someone. sent it. Thank you very much. This is yahoo.com or oh. news.yahoo.com. Wrong article. Um, no, I'm, I'm on the wrong I'm, article. Sorry. Go ahead. You're on the wrong article. Okay. News.yahoo.com. Very interesting. I, I've kind of noticed that Yahoo skews to the right a little bit, which is kind of interesting. Um. I don't know who they got in charge over there. It's, I think it might be worth a, a little bit of a dive um, because I've noticed uh, not on this particular article, but they've, they've definitely got some more right-leaning opinions than most mainstream places. Anyways, here we go. News.yahoo.com. Dogs being trained to sniff out COVID-19, comma, or colon, charity. Okay. Now this was from last month. So if you've already seen this, that's okay. We're going to talk about it. A British, a British charity has teamed up with scientists to see whether dogs could help detect COVID-19 through their keen sense of smell. They said on Friday, medical detection dogs will work with the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, uh, LSHTM. I don't know if that's any faster than uh, just saying it all out. Anyways, uh, London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine and Durham University in Northeast England to determine whether canines could help diagnoses. It follows previous research into dogs' ability to sniff out malaria and is based on a belief that each disease triggers a distinct odor. The organization said they had begun preparations to train dogs in six weeks, quote, to help provide a rapid non-invasive diagnosis towards the tail end of the epidemic. Ah, see what they did there? Mm. Uh, the charity has previously trained dogs to detect diseases such as cancer, Parkinson's, and bacterial infections by sniffing samples taken from patients. Ugh. Uh, They can also detect subtle changes in skin temperature, potentially making them useful to determining if a person has a fever. Okay, we already got something for that. It's called a thermometer, Uh, but that's okay. (laughs) Get those dogs sniffing. Quote, in principle, we're sure that dogs could detect (laughs) COVID-19. In principle, we're sure that dogs could detect COVID-19, said Claire Guest, founder and chief executive of Medical Detection Dogs. Quote, we are now looking into how we can safely catch the odor of the virus from patients and present it to the dogs. 
The aim is that dogs will be able to screen anyone, including those who are asymptomatic, and tell us whether they need to be tested. This would be fast, effective, and non-invasive, and make sure the limited NHS testing resources are only used when they are really needed. The head of disease control at the LSHTM said dogs could detect malaria with, quote, extremely high accuracy. And as other respiratory diseases changed body odor, there was a very high chance it could also work with COVID-19. Detection dogs could be deployed at airports at the end of the epidemic to rapidly identify people carrying the virus, helping prevent the reemergence of the disease. According to Steve Lindsay from Durham University, over 500,000 coronavirus infections have now been blah, blah, blah. They do their own, you know, they wrap it up at the end there. But there you go, Gons. Uh, soon we're just going to have, uh, you know, dogs stationed on the street corners and the airports. I could see this in airports, you know. Where yeah. Once uh, travel kind of opens back up and people start moving, you're going to have the drug sniffing dog and you're going to have the COVID sniffing dog. Um, it kind of paints a little bit of a spooky picture for me. What do you think? I'm just waiting for someone to be like, hey, we have to merge with the dogs to keep up with the ability to sense stuff you know we've got to merge with ai why not the dog the dogs are much more useful than ai it looks like a little brain swapping a little, a little brain swapping on the dogs brain machine dog interface yeah yeah I don't, know. I don't know it kind of the thing that popped into my mind when i saw this story was uh i mean maybe i'm a little bit a uh, little bit paranoid maybe i'm a little too conspiratorial but the image of Nazis and their German shepherds sniffing out people hiding during mm. uh, World War II really right. came to my mind. Um, well, Bezos and his robot dogs, too. You know, if they equip those robot dogs with the abilities that natural dogs have, then we got Dude, a real That's big the funniest part about it. That's a perfect point. That's the funniest part about it. We already have laser thermometers that can take your temperature from like 100 feet away. And I'm sure Bezos's robot dog would be way more effective than these cute, cute boys. Um, leave the pups alone. Let them, the pups let them alone. live. Don't they're yeah. They don't want your, any part of your, your, uh, uh, COVID dystopian tyranny government. Yeah. Um, speaking of which I wanted to mention real quick, uh, I'll say it before heading into this next story. Cause it's connected. Uh, no, it's not. Where is it? Oh, let's jump down to this one right there in a second. Um, there were some questions. Nope. Nay, not questions. Uh, comments. <laughs> mean, comments mean comments on the YouTube. Uh, about last show, I talked about how I couldn't wait for my antibody test regarding uh, COVID-19. And everybody you know, was certain that I'm part of the Illuminati. And uh, part of the global conspiracy to take over the world. Uh, not saying I'm not that, but when I said I was stoked for the antibody test, hello, use your brain, people. And I said it in the episode. I want to get my antibody test because if I have the antibodies, then I don't have to get the vaccine. So use your head. That's all I have to say. Okay. All right. Hit me with that uh, NWO jingle, baby. A new world order can emerge. That's right. This is from WashingtonTimes.com. And it's to be noted here, uh, the Washington Times is admittedly a, uh, a right-leaning um, sort of opinion uh, news 
uh, out. <laughs> a lot of us today. Sorry about that, folks. My brain's moving a little slow. Publication. Um, uh, it's a right, yeah, right-leaning publication. Um, so Washington Times, Georgia kicks off chilling door-to-door COVID-19 blood collections. This really is chilling, especially when you get the dogs involved. But it says here, this is an analysis and opinion. Let the government pressed coronavirus tied blood collections of citizens begin. And begin they have. They have in Georgia, at least, where the state's Department of Public Health recently announced in cooperation with both Fulton County and DeKalb County's Board of Health that, quote, to learn more about the spread of COVID-19, an investigation has commenced. And it's an investigation that's leading government officials to make random stops at randomly selected residences and ask random citizens for, get this, their blood. Citizens' DNA in the hands of unelected government officials. Hmm, what could go wrong here? Specifically, Georgia's health wonks want to know, quote, the percentage of people in the community who have been infected with the virus that causes COVID-19. A statement on the state's Department of Public Health webpage reads, and to get that data, the government needs citizens' blood, don't you know? Oh, it's completely voluntary. It's completely up to the good citizens of Georgia to decide whether or not to turn over their blood to the government. Georgia's DPH makes that clear in its statement. In fact, the whole announcement sounds rather tame and sound uh, and sound and sensible and quote, help thy neighbor and so forth and so on. Cue State Farm music with a twist. Quote, like a good neighbor, the government is here. Uh, we you kind of love these opinion pieces. Very, uh, very snappy. A comedian. Yes. <laughs> very, uh... We all want to do our part for the good of society after all. Quote, teams will be visiting randomly selected homes in Fulton and DeKalb counties to ask residents uh, questions about their health and collect blood samples for an antibody test. The release states antibodies are proteins. Yeah, we know what antibodies are. Um, there you go. Then they talk about, uh, you know, kind of how to respond to these people when they come to your door. Where's my blood going? Et cetera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good question. Where's it going? Who gets it? Who has access to my children's blood? All this sort of thing. Ooh, that's a good and, question. Uh, this is, I mean, this is, I don't like this at all. The, no. Even the idea of government officials coming by. And even if it's voluntary, you know, of course, if uh, if you do give them the, your blood, they're going to write it down on a list and your address will be, uh, you know, associated with compliant individuals. And of course, if you resist and don't give them your blood, you'll go on another list of non-compliant individuals. And that's just how the government works. Um, so, yeah, mix this with the dogs. I'm not a fan, Gons. Yeah, uh, the the blood thing. Yeah, I mean... The voluntary part, it's always interesting how they always frame it as voluntary, but they'll, they'll, yeah, the same thing with vaccines for the most part, you know, they're like, it's here to help you. We're here to help. Uh, so yeah. give up your blood so Hillary Clinton can go drink them. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting. I've not seen, uh, I, th- I think there was a one company offering mail in, um, coronavirus tests. I'm trying to think of the company, but uh, you know, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. There's some people in the chat talking, uh, DNA harvesting. Yeah. A lot of that's going on too. I think this is, 
They just want more of our information. It's not enough to get our collect our data from Facebook and Twitter and all that. They need our blood. They need our DNA. They need they need all of it. The the more they have, the more That's they can true. control us. So and they're gonna get it, Gons. They they always get their man. Oh, I know. And with that, let's take another little break here. I'm gonna head over to the Twitch, call out some more new Twitch followers. I saw a little while back people saying they were making the jump. And uh, like I said before, if this is uh, your first time tuning into this live stream here, the best place to tune in is twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. YouTube famously with their shadow banning and censorship and things like that, especially concerning COVID-19 news and reports. Twitch is the place to go, folks. We are trying to hit 75 average concurrent viewers. That's going to help Gons and I support ourselves during this time. We are essential. We are your essential employees, folks. So uh, if you want to help us out, a great way to do that is to follow us at twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. I want to uh, thank some of the Twitch. Incarnate Unlimited had uh, dipped from the Twitch stream, went over to YouTube and started evangelizing the Twitch channel. So thank you very much, uh, Incarnate Unlimited. And some new Twitch followers I want to call out. We got Uloth74. We got... Steel three four five. We got Sul C S S U L. Hey, we got Jane Guns seven seven seven, and we got Nate Turk. Nate Turk, what's up, buddy? Thank you guys very much for viewing on the uh, the Twitch. We're also going to be streaming some video games uh, now that we got a little bit more time. If you are a gamer, if you know a gamer, if you don't know what your kid is doing all day, on you know, locked in their room, you're going to want to follow our channel because we're going to be playing some games, especially some VR games, and analyzing and dissecting the messaging, uh, the elite messaging that's in those games as it, as it pertains to everything we talk about on the show. So uh, that's the place to be. We're not just doing the news talks there. We'll also be diving into some games. So uh, I highly recommend everybody do that. We are almost to 1,000 followers. 939 followers. I'm so excited about that. But that also means you should be watching live over on Twitch. Because uh, that helps Gons and I out quite a bit. Also, real quick, just to mention, and I'll go, uh, I'll talk about it a little bit more at the end. Um, like I said, we are es- your essential employees. We only get to do this show because you're not just listeners, but you're producers. Some of you create music, uh, uh, sound effects for the show, jingles. Um, a lot, you know, we get a lot of help from our listeners, and that includes financial support. And so, Uh, You know, if you are looking for a way, if you find value in what we do, we subscribe to the value for value model. Uh, We have had plenty of opportunities uh, to advertise. We get we get uh, propositioned as I think that's the appropriate term for that whole system. We get propositioned to advertise uh, not not infrequently and a lot of times by some pretty big organizations. Uh, but we made the decision a while back that selling your attention for our own personal gain is not worth losing the sleep that we would if we did that. Now, that being said, we do count on our listeners to uh, to return value that they get out of the show. So if you get value out of the show, please consider returning some of that value. One great way to do that is go to patreon.com slash CCN 
NT for Canary Cry News Talk. Sign up there. We got all sorts of fun rewards, including a bunch of bonus episodes uh, available for you there. So you get more show for your buck. Also, if you don't like Patreon, we totally understand. There's some problems there. I get it. You can go to canarycryradio.com slash support. And there you can get all sorts of other fun ways to support us, including cryptocurrency, PayPal, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, are you okay. doing the troll I, thing or are we, are we going into our uh, Nephilim update? Um, yeah, let's talk about the troll thing real quick. Okay. We'll just do it really quick. Cause I, I this was interesting. Um, and I think it's another piece of sort of uh, some mind control and, and just some general lies. I mean, I don't know. And I want people in the chat to pay attention here uh, because I want to know what your experience has been. This is from Business Insider and it's trolls and bots are flooding social media with disinformation, encouraging states to end quarantine. You know, that thing that like pretty much everybody wants. No, it's all trolls and bots. <laughs> all trolls. Yeah. yeah, let's keep going here. Videos of protesters around the nation demanding their governors reopen businesses have been all over social media over the past week or so. And Donald Trump has offered pseudo encouragement by tweeting that they need to, quote, liberate states like Michigan, Minnesota and Virginia. Uh, that's a misrepresentation of what he was talking about, but OK. The same rhetoric that is being used at these protests has been spreading like wildfire on social media as bots and trolls attempt to use disinformation to get states to reopen. Christopher Boozy, the founder of bot tracking platform Bot Sentinel, conducted a Twitter analysis for a business insider and found bots and trolls are using hashtags like uh, hashtag reopen NC, reopen America now, stop the madness and the shutdown, and uh, hashtag Operation Gridlock to spread disinformation. According to Boozy, the bots and trolls are spreading conspiracy theories about Democrats wanting to hurt the economy to make Trump look bad. Democrats trying to take away people's civil liberties and Democrats trying to prevent people from voting. The accounts are also using false data to underplay the threat of the coronavirus. Quote, we use machine learning and artificial intelligence to classify accounts. You are being classified and categorized using AI. Uh, just so everybody knows. Uh, quote, back in 2018, I trained the initial model using 2,500 normal Twitter accounts and 2,500 inauthentic accounts I was tracking for several months. Approximately 5 million tweets were used to create the first model. Inauthentic accounts are amplifying disinformation and inaccurate statistics and sharing false information as a reason to reopen the country, Boozy says. Many of these accounts are also spreading bizarre conspiracy theories about Democrats using COVID-19 as a way to take away American freedoms and prevent Americans from voting. Mm. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, uh, it right. must be the bots that convinced uh, <laughs> the New York governor to shut down voting in his state. He must be a bot. Uh, when reached for comment, a Twitter spokesperson disputed the idea that the company is allowing bots and trolls to spread disinformation uh, on its platform and criticized Bot Sentinel's methodology, which uses publicly available information from the company. Ironically, Twitter pointed out to its bi-yearly transparency report, which supposedly uses unreleased private data as a superior indicator of bot activity. 
but it only provides general figures on how many spam challenges and reports the platform sees. Quote, with respect to COVID-19, we're prioritizing content that contains a call to action that could cause potential physical harm, the spokesperson said. Under these, our expanded policies, we've removed more than 22,000 tweets. 2,200. Sorry. Tw- yeah, 2,200, which seems pretty small. Kind of low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you have? <laughs> Anyways. As doubled down on tech, our automated systems have challenged more than 3.4 million accounts. There we go. Which are targeting discussions around COVID-19 with spammy or manipulative behaviors. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see how much more of this. Oh, there's quite a bit more. I think we get the point we here. We get the point. Um, uh, yeah, I would like I mean, to if, add to uh, mm-hmm. uh, just first off, for once. I'm for the robots. And also, <laughs> um, I think I've contributed to this bot thing with a tweet that I made, uh, I think yesterday or the day before. And I said, in California, you're approximately 10 times more likely to get injured or die from a car accident since the lockdown, 0.03% than you are from COVID-19, 0.04%. And I show my math and how I got to those numbers. Um, I'm using their numbers. I'm not like fidgeting numbers. I'm using their numbers and the population of California and everything else, at least for California here where I live. And uh, yeah, I mean, come on. This is not, let's get real, folks. This is not a real problem. Something else is going on. Most of you guys listening understand that, but um, you know, on Twitter, it's like this, this kind of tweet isn't going to get anywhere. And and if, uh, if it gets in front of the wrong people, it's going to be like, you know, all the, all the crazy uh, slaves. Well, that's my, it. that's kind of my question. Cause like a, a lot of the things stated in this, article are like pretty normal attitudes and pretty normal ideas that like not even far right people I know have. Yeah. You know, and to say that all this is bot content is pretty wild, especially when you see how big these protests are that popping up around the state. It's like, again, they're asking you to disbelieve what you see with your eyes to believe some guy who says he trained an artificial intelligence to identify bots. Like, yeah, (laughs) I don't get it. Are the people out there, are the thousands and tens of thousands? And I don't even know what the real number is, but so many people out protesting and, you know, talking about this stuff. Um, are they bots too? Are they are they uh, are they uh, sentient life forms, androids (laughs) walking around that the Russians sent in to spread disinformation? This is just like a blatant slap in the face of anybody who criticizes uh, an official story. This is yeah. very offensive. It's it's interesting because it has this whole thing has really brought to the forefront the scientific dictatorship and how the the view of the scientific dictatorship saying it's this, whereas in reality you step outside, you look around, and it's like no, it doesn't seem like it's that. Uh, the nurses dancing. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on that doesn't match what the the fear all the fear that's being pressed out there and um i was actually uh watching i don't know why but i was watching local news and they were talking that there was a report yesterday about a dog catching coronavirus and i'm going if they're gonna have to report locally here in california that dogs are getting it and and we're not talking (laughs) about like stories of people dying and all kinds of stuff what are we doing come on this is ridiculous i'm I'm over it i'm going outside basil I'm gonna go. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go dig some some holes in the ground to 
Yeah. Grow food. I know. Apparently everything <laughs> can get coronavirus now, which is uh, unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Crystal Sabun- uh, Crystal's Abundant Life in Twitch. She said, first time on Twitch, biting the bullet for Canary Cry. So All right. Thank you, Crystal, for biting the bullet for us. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. This whole article is a real slap in the face to anybody who doesn't just eat the pap. Eat the pap, slave. Yep. Let's uh let's start to wrap things up here. We uh, we I don't think we've done a whole lot of Nephilim updates uh while ever since we started live streaming. And you know, right. for folks that are critical of uh hey, I, I get a lot of comments on my YouTube channel. Hey, get rid of that guy with the googly eyes. I don't know when yeah. he started showing up. And if uh, I can't see his eyes, I can't trust him. I only trust those anchors on cnn that i can see their eyes i was gonna say maybe you know if, if eyes are the only thing that matter maybe i should maybe i should cover my note my my I'll be, i should do the covid <laughs> mask i'll just go on yeah, yeah. you, you wear you a covid mask i wear and, COVID uh, mask. I'll wear the googly eyes will yeah. really freak people out all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna do this last uh nephilim update uh with my mouth covered to not show uh what's going on here <laughs> nephilim update nephilim update nephilim update this is hurting my back. Who was yeah. Azazel? Christianity.com? Really? Ooh. Who was Ooh. Azazel? Um, I'm not going to read most of it because, you know, you guys know what's up. But this was interesting. What do we know about Azazel from the Apocrypha? In the Apocrypha, Azazel is a leader of rebellious angels as seen in the Book of Enoch. He leads the pre-flood civilization of men, giants, perhaps Nephilim, in all matters of warfare and witchcraft. Once beautiful, and now a fallen serpent or carrion bird, Azazel, according to Hebraic literature, tries or tried to corrupt humanity. Most Jewish literature describes him as having a red appearance like a demon, with yellow eyes and, re- and wearing goat skulls. It also appears that, according to Jewish mythology, Azazel led the charge in having sexual relations with mortal women and having half-divine, half-human led children. Led the charge. Led the charge. Uh, Led the charge. (laughs) Okay, this is hurting my back. All right, I'm going to sit normal. Um, Okay. Yes, the half-divine, half-human children known as the Nephilim. What's interesting about Azazel is that he has corrupted humanity so much that Jewish literature encourages readers to listen to ascribe all, or listeners to ascribe all sin onto him. In other words, scapegoat him. Place your sins mm. on him as you did with the goat before driving it out into the desert. This may be mm. why we see the word Azazel in place of scapegoat in the original Hebrew in Leviticus, uh, in the Le- Leviticus 16 passage. Why does this matter? Granted, any piece of literature that is not part of the biblical canon needs to be read with discernment and caution. Basil, I'm pretty sure Nephilim are in the uh, canon, but... Um, Not according to Christianity.com. However, this can give us a glimpse into the ancient Jewish practice. And this practice bears a significant meaning because Jesus serves as our scapegoat on the cross. Christians may Mm -hmm. debate about the nature of the Nephilim or whether a fallen angel named Azazel led the charge in creating a generation of giants. But we do know that even mythology and the Apocrypha have kernels of truth. We can learn from the Jewish practice of the scapegoat. The like uh, that, like the mythological Azazel, we have become corrupted and fallen away from the goodness of God. But because Jesus serves as our scapegoat, our sins have been driven away or driven far away from us. Psalm 103, 12. You know, I, I just think it's strange how as the knowledge of, of the Nephilim becomes more and more common amongst believers, 
the, even like Christianity Today are forced to kind of talk about it and bring it up mm-hmm. in, in an article. And hey, you know, that's that's probably a decent thing. But um, again, it's, it's so surfacey with this kind of stuff. Um, but uh, the carry-on bird, uh, did you know about that, Basil? And the the, fall, the fallen serpent thing. I did not know thing, about the, the the carry-on bird. No. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that's really all about. I got to do a little more research on that. Um, but you know what? Hey, Christianity Today bringing up the nephilim. Nephilim update. Yeah. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. And I will say for all the other gamer boys and girls out there, every time you heard uh, Gon say Azazel. You were probably yelling, Azazel, Azazel. Azazel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. He pops up in some video games. Tomato, tomato, you know? Yeah, that's okay. Mm. Um, Okay, yeah, I guess we can start winding it down. How are we doing on time? It feels like we've just been... Well, we're we're about. It. Oh, I think we're close to an hour, hour and a half. Over an hour and a half. Yeah, looks like okay. Well, that's great. I want to thank everybody for watching live. It's really. Uh, fun is really a fun way to do it. We uh, had to take that week off uh, last week, and when we got back into it here, we we realized how much we missed uh, having the chat buzz by and all this fun stuff. So, uh, thank you everybody for tuning in, and especially thank you those who made the switch over to Twitch.tv Canary Cry Radio, uh, best place to watch the show live. Uh, even Susan Wajiki Gigi, CEO of YouTube <laughs> herself, is a follower of us over on Twitch. And that's not a joke. You can find her over there on our follower list. Um, I want to just thank a couple more users. I already thank Crystal's Abundant Life. I also want to thank The Gift 4 and uh, Living by the Way. Thank you guys so much for following us on Twitch. That is one of the best ways to support us is watch live on Twitch. And here's a couple of tips uh, for those trying to figure it out, figure out the Twitch life. Um, uh, If you do, you don't have to do this, but if you want to download uh, the app, the Twitch app on your phone or your computer, it'll give you a little notification when we're getting ready to go live. So it'll help you not miss a uh, not miss a show. And here's the thing. uh, Twitch is much better for us because there's a lot less shadow banning and censorship happening over there. And they've got a lot of uh, really good ways for Gons and I to support ourselves that aren't directly related to uh, advertising. We made the the call a long time ago that we do not feel good uh, selling your attention. You you trust us enough to give us your attention or you hate us enough to give us your attention. Um, <laughs> do some hate watching. Either way, we do not believe in selling that attention for our personal gain. And so if you follow us on Twitch, that helps us uh, do that. We are trying to reach 75 average viewers on every show. So that means not just following us, but also watching live. And uh, if you do that, I'll give you a call out on the show. It's a fun way to do it. Um, also, right. here's the thing. We subscribe to the value for value model. Gons and I are your essential employees. That means we work And uh, if you get value out of what we do, we create the value, we provide it to you. And if you get value, 
it's your turn to return a little bit of value if you want to keep the show going. And uh, a lot of you have been doing that recently. Thank you guys so much. It's really made a huge difference um, during this uh, this weird time in the world right now. But even though things are weird, we're committed to keep doing the show and to uh, bringing you guys the stories you might have missed. Um, it, a great way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash ccnt for Canary Cry News Talk. That's patreon.com slash ccnt. There you can sign up for all sorts of fun levels of uh, support, uh, which have different rewards. And uh, while you're at it, you can check out patreon.com slash canarycryradio. Um, There's some other rewards there. If you want to support us on either one of those, that would be great. And it really helps the show keep going on a regular sustaining basis. And, you know, it's five bucks a month, something like that. Uh, You know, price of a cup of coffee. You could feed two poor podcasters and their (laughs) children and their cats. Um, So go ahead and do that. Uh, also, I know a lot of people don't like Patreon and that's okay. I totally get it. A lot of people have a problem with Patreon and be, uh, lucky for you and lucky for us, we have canarycryradio.com slash support. You got that jingle ready, Guns? Oh, it's not ready, but it's, it's, uh, it's right here. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support is a great way to find other ways to support us. We got PayPal over there. We got recurring donations. We got one-time donations. If you just got a couple bucks you want to give once, that's a great place to do it. As well as you can learn a bunch of uh, fun stuff about the decentralized internet at canarycryradio.com slash crypto. Um, you can learn about the decentralized internet. And if you're into cryptocurrency, you can support us with that too. Again, that's canarycryradio.com slash crypto. And again, another call out to all the producers out there. Somebody needs to make us a jingle for canarycryradio.com dot com slash crypto so i want i want one of those by next show somebody out there canarycryradio.com slash crypto thank you guys for that Um, Uh, also we haven't we haven't plugged it in a couple of shows gons but i want to mention canarycry.community oh yes here's the thing everybody's on facebook everybody's on these social media platforms there's all sorts of banning and facebook jail and your 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 family and friends getting mad at you uh because you post that crazy fringe stuff but if you go to canarycry.community um it is a totally separate off google off facebook uh, kind of a mix between a forum and a social media place. And we got over 1,300 uh, Canarians over there joining the club, having conversations. Uh, you could see there MK Ultra Thread, Pentagon, something or other. I got to get closer. There we go. Oh, they're talking about the UFO footage, uh, talking about the Cosmic Endgame, Truth Streams new video. What are you reading and what it's what, what's it about? All this sorts of fun stuff. All the conversations you want to be having in a safe place. Nobody's getting triggered. Nobody's getting mad at you. Uh, it's a good place to be. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's kind of the wild west over there. <laughs> it's not <laughs> It's not all flowers we, and puppies. We don't have but, hey, bots. 
We don't. We haven't unleashed That's, the bots uh, over yes. there yet. So we've got some very hardworking moderators trying to keep uh, conversations on track there. So I want to give a shout out to the mods. God bless you guys. Um, but it is the place to be if you're a fringe Canarian type person. Go to canarycry.community. That is the place to be. Uh, it's a real URL, by the way. Strange dot community. Okay, am I forgetting anything, Gons? Um, no, I, you know, I do want to quickly go uh, and thank some people um, that have been giving on PayPal. Just a first name, you know, just in case you're yeah. listening out there. Um, I, I don't remember how far back we went, so I'm going to go through this quickly here. Isaac Perla. Thank you, Perla. Perla Julie. Uh, Perla, thanks, Perla. Um, and some reoccurring folks, Kyle uh, Vasilios. Also awesome support Vasilios. from Vasilios. Adele, Thank you. Joseph, Sarah S, Nicholas, Zero Sum, Natalie, Lance, Yay. Jacob, yes. Joshua, Arwin, yeah. Rosalie, yeah. Rachel, George, okay. or Jorge maybe. And Kathleen. Mm-hmm. So thank you, everybody, ah, for your ongoing support over on PayPal. That's right. Those, and those are people who are responding to the value for value model. They get value out of really the whole family of Canary Cry Radio uh, products that we have. And just so you know, we have Canary Cry Radio, Canary Cry News Talk, Face Like the Sun is like on the side there. The Joy Spiracy Theory is like on the other side there. We got all sorts of shows that we do, Gons. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really nice. It really means a lot to have people, um, respond in the value for value model keeps food in, uh, our cupboards and, uh, it just feels good to have people, um, even come in, even if it's a one-time donation of a buck or two bucks or whatever, uh, the, the very fact that you took the time to do a couple clicks and go to a couple web pages to support us really means a lot. So Thank you very much, guys, during this time. If there's anything uh, that you want to contribute to the whole Canary Cry ecosystem, um, you got the links there on, ooh, excuse me, ooh. on the uh, <laughs> on the thread. Go ahead. And, and just, uh, yeah. oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you were you're finishing. good. Okay. Uh, I was also, rambling at that point. I know, and you were burping too, so I was coming to save you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Lunch coming up. Um, yeah. uh, I, I had a bunch of deletions for the Face Like This on Patreon. However, the people ooh. who... Uh, stepped it up, Casey. Thank you, um, Sleuth, and Gergen, Jason, and James, and Race. It's an interesting name, Race. Amy and Scott. I think that's it for the Patreon for pretty much most of April. Just want to give you guys a shout out in case I missed it last time. And um, again, thank you guys for your support there. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah, I think loving it. That is it. I think that's it too. Thank you guys. Thank you everybody for uh, being a part of the live viewership. And thanks for listening later on the podcast or on the YouTube channels. And here's the thing, folks, y'all got friends and loved ones out there who are still getting their news from the mainstream or their Facebook feed. And here's the thing. You got to walk right up to them and grab them by the cage and shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Hey, stop that! Don't ever silence me! I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy! Leave the bird alone! Never! Rattle a few cages! Rattle a 
Fuck you, Cajun! The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right, folks. Grab him by the cage, shake it, tell him Canary Cry News Talk's the place to be, and tune in live on twitch.tv slash radio. And that's just about it for this live stream, folks. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for listening. Make sure to tune in uh, next time, which hopefully, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, will be this Friday. Uh, but until then, make sure to think outside the cage. <laughs>